What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and when we left off, the Sixers were on an absolute tear with James Harden uh, in their first three games going undefeated, uh, actually for four games. Um, as of late, I think we've came a little bit more back to reality, some tough losses, um, but overall, I think the, the ceiling of this team remains the same. We've seen some good, some bad, and we're here to go over it. But before that, I just wanted to take a quick second to shout out the Ethos Fantasy BK page on Twitter. It's the most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on the planet. Get all your NBA news, including news about your Sixers, in one Twitter feed. Not only is it the fastest source, but it's the most reliable and provides analysis. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. And now let's hop into these last couple of games for the Sixers. Um, there's been some frustrating stuff going on. There's been some some highs and some lows. So when we left off, the Sixers had just dropped a really tough game to the Miami Heat without James Harden. Uh, give them kind of a pass on that game. They, they'd been on tear. And it just was kind of, you know, a tough game versus the best team in the East without uh, James Harden when they were really flowing with him. So that's all right. Uh, they come back to Wells Fargo Center and play one of the other best teams in the East in the Chicago Bulls, led by, of course, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. And the Sixers took care of business in this one, led by a crazy effort from Joel Embiid. 43 points, 14 boards, uh, three blocks and two steals on very efficient 15 for 27 shooting. Um, James Harden contributing 16, 8, and 14 assists. So good game from him. And George Niang uh, playing at home. You expect great things. And four threes off the bench has been really the Sixers' only reliable bench scorer for the last couple of, uh, honestly, a couple of months, but a couple of weeks for sure. And ever since James got here, he's been knocking down that that shot at a consistent clip. Uh, really the only one to do so on that bench unit. And uh, just... You know, not much to say about this game. It was pretty dominant. Um, from the start, it was a little bit closer, but Joel Embiid just looked absolutely incredible. They had no way to stop him. Um, I mean, Chicago, Vucevic was out. Not that he's a great defensive center, but they had to lean on Tristan Thompson. Obviously not going to work well. He did end up having five fouls. Um, the way Joel was just drawing fouls in that game on every single person, like he can get your, your guards into foul trouble. Um, Levine with four fouls, DeRozan with three um, Javante Green with three fouls. If you look at the foul numbers, Derek Jones Jr. And obviously it's not all Joel. You have James Harden, who is obviously a master at drawing fouls as well. Um, the amount of free throws a Sixers shoot is ridiculous. And this one shooting 34 free throws, converting on 27. So 79%, pretty solid clip when you're shooting that many free throws. And ultimately, Sixers took care of business at home. And the game I really don't want to talk about, but definitely is the most notable the Sixers against the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, Ben Simmons returns to Wells Fargo as a member of the Nets sitting on the bench and James Harden playing his former team. And right from the start, um, I was at this game. The energy in the building felt like anything I've nothing I've ever been to. I was at Game 7 last year. I was at Toronto Game, what was it, game 4 when Joel uh, had the windmill. And neither of those games, I don't think, compared to the atmosphere. The booze, the, the everything going on with Ben was absolutely ridiculous. So fun to be there uh, until the game started. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, as well as Seth Curry, put on an absolute masterclass, just hitting every single shot. They could not miss, and the Sixers could not buy a bucket. Um, they shot 32%, 30 for 93, but uh, they were shooting like 
27 for most of the game until the last couple minutes. Nets end up shooting 56%, 45 from three. Honestly, not a huge discrepancy between the Nets and Sixers from three, but if you watch the game, it was a pretty notable difference. Durant finishing with 25, 14, and seven. Seth Curry with 24, 10 for 14 shooting, and Kyrie with 22. Um, This is scary, obviously, without Ben Simmons doing all this. Um, Obviously, the Sixers... Not a good game. James Harden shooting 3 for 17, 4 turnovers. Um, Joel, 27 points, but shooting 5 for 17. Honestly, not a single player in this game. Looked great. Uh, DeAndre Jordan actually looked pretty solid, um, finishing with 10 points and 9 boards. Did have 4 turnovers in just 17 minutes. But uh, looks like a solid backup center for Joel, but that might be the only positive we get out of this game. George Niang hit a couple of shots, finished with 11 points off the bench. So... I don't really know many positive. This was just a brutal thing to watch if you're a Sixers fan. Ben was absolutely loving it. Uh, KD and, and Kyrie did not hold back in the post game and during the game. Um, they were letting us, hear, letting the fans hear it, letting the media, uh, all that good stuff. I guess you could you could say, but that was just a really really ugly game. Not one I would love to relive, but. It makes you think, you know, in the playoffs, obviously we're going to have to play some good teams. The East is absolutely loaded. They got the Nets, obviously the Heat, the Bucks, the Bulls, which actually the Sixers have swept this season. The Celtics, who look like a problem now. The Cavs, I don't know how great they'll be in the playoffs, but regular season they've looked pretty damn good. Um, yeah, that, it's a scary group in the East. I don't know the last time the East was uh, this good and... That loss is is pretty scary. That James Harden could just turn off like that. We've seen in the playoffs before. Uh, he's had some good series. He's had some good games, but we've seen Harden flip that switch on, and we've seen him turn that switch off. And this is the first time for the Sixers that he's really flipped that switch off. Um, you know, am I worried about it all that much? Not necessarily. I think he was, you know, feeling that first game against his old team. Uh, the circumstances that he left were not ideal. I don't think he loved requesting out. Obviously, it sounds weird, but throughout the whole process and the trade deadline, he kind of seemed to shy away from the national spotlight. He didn't want it to look like he was leaving, but obviously that's what he wanted. He got what he wanted. And uh, his relationship with Kyrie and KD, obviously not looking too great. We've seen a lot of uh, stuff from KD saying they wish he handled it differently, same as Kyrie. Um, a lot of stuff going on there, and I think it just got the better of James. Uh, he tried to force a lot of things, hit some nice shots early, but I think he just tried to force it too much, and the whole team just looked off from the start. And when KD and Kyrie got it cooking like that, there's really not too much you can do, which, again, is super scary thought for the playoffs when we've clearly seen that both of these guys can perform in the playoffs. KD with his two rings for Golden State and two finals MVPs. Kyrie with his uh, championship in Cleveland, obviously all those years with LeBron and that huge shot over Steph. So obviously, yeah, it's scary. And I I think they have more playoff experience. Uh, They probably have more talent. I I mean, KD, Kyrie, and now we got guys like Seth, Ben, if he plays and is the same player even he was in Philly. I don't know. I don't love the Sixers' chances, and I hate to say that. I, I think there's definitely always a chance. You know, Andre Drummond is in that center. Joel Embiid's going to uh, absolutely tear that matchup apart. Uh, before he was a member of the Sixers, uh, Joel had his way with Andre quite a bit. They had some beef, and it was usually because Joel was dominating Drummond in the paint. So I'm not too worried about Joel's game in this one. I think he can bounce back and have a great series against the Nets. But our perimeter defense looked very shoddy. Matisse Thybul not even looking great. And he is the only perimeter defender we have. 
Tyrese Maxey is a decent defender at best. He's quick. He hustles, but he's not keeping up with Kyrie Irving. Um, Danny Green is not keeping up with any of these guys. Uh, I don't even know who else to name, honestly. James Harden is clearly not a defender. He's not uh, quite as bad as the media has hyped him up to be over the years, but he's not locking down any of these guys. And we don't have a matchup for KD at all. Joel's not guarding him. I mean, it was Ben, and obviously he's gone. Um, I, I don't know who you put on KD. If you put Matisse on him, then Kyrie is there and Seth is there, and you got to pick someone and not ideal to pick anyone. So I think in this, in that series, Doc is going to have to pull off some magic. I mean, you know, in the playoffs, we've seen Doc is not necessarily a master at pulling off magic and adjusting to a series, um, as we saw in the Atlanta series, especially, and all those, and, uh, yeah, it's just it, it, it looks scary. That game was very demoralizing to be at, very demoralizing to watch as a Sixers fan. Uh, but the way I'm talking, it, it would seem like I, I think that we have no chance, but that's definitely not the case at all, you know? Um, first of all, I hate to say this, Kyrie and Katie, both very injury-prone uh, older players, it's a very solid chance that both of them are not fully healthy for the entire playoffs. But even if they are, I mean, Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid. He is the MVP right now, if not very close second or if you want to say third i don't agree but i could see the argument for Jokic and Giannis in that in that top three but either way he's a top three player in the league this year james harden is james harden you know he averaged 36 points per game just a couple seasons ago still a triple double threat every night um some of the best handles in nba history some of the best shooting just past reggie miller for third on time so in threes so you know you can't count the sixers out and with this roster I mean, Tyrese Maxey's had a rough uh, stretch of games recently. Tobias Harris found his footing, uh, especially in tonight's game versus the Orlando Magic, which I'll get to in a second, which is a very ugly game. But Brooklyn game, I'm not happy about it, but I do think there was severe overreaction from a lot of NBA fans, less, uh, not even just Sixers fans, but NBA fans were like, oh, the Sixers lost the trade. I can't believe they did this. Like, oh, it's so obvious now, but I think it's a little too early for all that. James Harden in his other games for us before that was absolutely incredible. So I'd give it some time. But I want to get to this Orlando game. Um, Sixers had a couple of days off going to Orlando. I think they might even rest Joel because it's Orlando. They're 18 and 51. But, you know, in Sixers fashion, they play down to their opponent and it goes to overtime. They come out of the gates absolutely terrible at the start of this game. First of all, uh, Orlando goes up big, but... Tobias Harris, actually, um, the most efficient player of the night, going for 26 points, 9 boards, 10 for 18, with a huge 3 in overtime. Joel finished with 35, 16, and 7. And while that sounds incredible, honestly, 9 for 28 shooting, not the best. But, I mean, I guess if you're putting up 35, 16, and 7, you're doing something right. James Harden, 26, 6, and 6, also sounds better than it was with his 5 for 19 shooting. Uh, But he did end up picking it up in the second half and in overtime a little bit more. Uh, that shooting percentage was not great, but got to the line. Uh, 13 for 15 from the line. 3 from 11 for 3, so he was chucking some up there. Uh, Terry Maxey continues his somewhat cold streak with only 10 points after his 4 against Brooklyn. It's absolutely ugly game for him there. And George Niang continues being the only player on the Sixers bench that knows how to put the ball in the basket. 16 points, 6 for 10, 4 for 8. I'm absolutely loving the minivan. If I can say one thing about this team right now is that the minivan is one of my favorite players on this current roster. He has bought into Philly culture in this 
you know, little more than a half a season that he's been here. Uh, he's been great off the bench. He's been an absolute knockdown shooter, which I just really didn't know when he came to Philly. I thought he was just a solid wing who could play some defense, maybe knock down a shot, but he's been absolutely lethal shooting. I think it's like 49, 48% from three in his last eight games. So since Harden's been here, he's been a very reliable option off our bench, and we've really, really needed it. If you told me at the beginning of the year, like you'd maybe guess who our best bench scorer was, maybe Shake Milton, maybe Furkan. Um, I don't think I would have told you George Niang or even close to that. Um, and it's just been really, really nice to see him step up big. Uh, he's been a really fun player for the Sixers, as I mentioned. Um, and he, he's one of those guys where I could see him leaving, you know, in the off season uh, after his contract's up and going to another team and doing the same thing there. But I would love to have him for a couple more years. Um, he is, I believe, 20, 28 or 29 years old. So he's still got a couple years left. He seems like a kind of guy who could stick around for the Sixers. But either way, this season he's been a great addition and it was a really good move. Uh, Sixers is not super aggressive in free agency. One of the few moves they decided to make along with uh, getting Andre Drummond, uh, who obviously has been moved. Now the starting center for Brooklyn, which... You know, I mentioned that Joel has had his way with him, but he's been pretty solid there. And, and when you have Nicholas Claxton as your starting center, I think that um, Andre Drummond is a pretty pretty decent-sized step up. Uh, still gets his rebounds. Uh, I guess the Sixers didn't have the best game, but the game before that, he dropped 20 points with 14 rebounds. And then against New York, uh, I think it was last night, he dropped uh, 18 points with 10 boards. So still a double-double threat and another good piece in that Nets trade for them. Um, I'm not too upset about losing him, but the fact that the Sixers had to give up Seth in that trade will forever just be ever be pretty brutal because I feel like he, at this point, would have been an absolutely perfect piece for us off the, off our bench. Um, Niang and Seth providing some instant offense um, because now I think Matisse would stay in the starting lineup. He's been pretty brutal also. Uh, tonight, five fouls, didn't even score in that Brooklyn game also. Just I mentioned his defense was nothing great and only puts up four points. So having that uh, offensive liability can be okay when he's having those games where he's getting his hands all over the ball. But uh, recently, he hasn't looked like his dynamic self, so never love to see that. However, the one thing is James Harden gets him involved very well in the pick and roll, and his three-point percentage uh, increases dramatically when Harden is playing. I think it's somewhere around like 36 37% as opposed to like a 20-ish percent when James isn't there. So I don't know if it's just, you know, coincidence because it's been a couple games and the numbers uh, haven't had a chance to even themselves out yet. But either way, Matisse has looked a little bit more efficient when Harden plays at least some of the time. And, I mean, Matisse is going to grow. He's still super young. I mean, from when he came into the league to now, not saying he's a good offensive player, but his confidence has risen a little bit. He wouldn't even shoot when he came in the league. And now... He's getting some shots up. He gets to the rim. He's super athletic. He's only 25 years old, uh, just turned 25, in fact. So I think that the ceiling for Matisse stays where uh, he still has so much room to grow. But at this point, we're, we're looking for a championship now. This year, next year, and then Harden's window starting to close. So we're going to need Matisse to maybe step it up, uh, that progression, a little bit like Tyrese Maxey did. And I think the Sixers, uh, if, if they can get that type of production from the wing, um, you know, if if Niang can continue this and they can get production from any wing, whether it be Isaiah Joe, Shake Milton, who has just done next to nothing recently. Uh, he had one decent game. I think it was against Cleveland where he put up double digits. But Shake's been super disappointing. Danny, as I mentioned, disappointing. Furkan, 
uh, has been terrible, just just terrible. Um, they're going to need some wing production. And, and Tobias Harris scoring 26 tonight, I think that might be um, the footing that he needs. And now he might be more efficient uh, blending into that offense with Harden. But we still haven't had a game where Tobias, Harden, and Joel have all played incredible. And we've had plenty of games where Maxi, Joel, and Harden have all played great. But Tobias Harris is usually the one who, who ends up suffering from that. And at the start of that, I was saying, you know, not a big deal. But I think at the end of the day, Tobias Harris is going to be a more consistent scorer than Tyrese Maxey. So if you can get him more involved, maybe leave Maxey to that dynamic role where if he has that game, you feed him. But you're relying more on Tobias, I think, is ideal. Um, Looking at the upcoming schedule, the Sixers play some very, very good teams. Uh, Maybe an MVP candidate duel tomorrow night uh, against Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, Joel hasn't sat in a while and they said they were going to start sitting him. I wouldn't be surprised if they sat him on the second end of that back-to-back. Um, but hopefully we get to see that. Um, play another game versus Cleveland. Then they play Luka and the Mavs. They play the Heat. So they got some tough games coming up. But their their schedule towards the end of the year after that actually is pretty light. Um, they're falling a little bit out of that, that top spot. They're now 2.5 games back from first. The Heat are looking... Pretty dominant recently. They did drop a game to the Timberwolves, but um, against Eastern Conference opponents especially, they have looked really good, even without Jimmy Butler putting up his usual numbers. So they're definitely a scary team. Victor Aldipo back for them. Uh, Not that Victor Aldipo is necessarily anything super special anymore, but it's another guy who could put the ball in the basket. Sixers would be happy to have him right now. And definitely something to look out for they have so many guys that can hurt you i'm really excited for the sixers matchup with them again uh it will be in at wells fargo it is on march 21st so that's definitely a game that i have circled on my calendar um really quickly i just wanted to take a second to introduce our partner at sports ethos thrive fantasy uh, prop up with thrive on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com make sure you use code ethos at sign up for an 100 percent deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to a hundred dollars plus either two to four free game tickets to play pick player props on the biggest names every night score points when props hit and players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money i'm sure if people took kevin durant or Kyrie Irving it's a sixers they had a very fun night and if they have taken uh matisse Thybul, then I don't really know what they're doing because Matisse Thibault hasn't put up stats. But anyway, um, check out the Sports Ethos DFS team and pod for advice. Hopefully uh, they're uh, searing you away from some of the Sixers in these recent games. But I feel like Joel is always a solid option. And again, that code over at Thrive is Ethos. So make sure you go check them out. So before we sign out, I just wanted to take a little look at like this current roster and the rotation because we've had some injuries. Danny with his finger, uh, James and, and Joel are going to start going in and out. So I want to look at the playoff rotation and what I think it's going to end up being. So first of all, the starting lineup looks to be set with Maxi Harden and Bede Thibel Harris. Um, George Niang obviously has secured his spot as the sixth man of this team. Um, DeAndre Jordan's going to get his whatever 10, 12, 14 minutes a game because Really no other center on this team can play meaningful minutes besides Joel Embiid, obviously. And that leaves, I think, maybe two or three spots. Um, I, I think, you know, George can play three or the four. He's six, seven. I think they, they usually use him more to, uh, at a three. So the guys who I really could see filling this role are Isaiah Joe, Shake Milton, Paul Millsap, Danny Green, and maybe Furkan Korkmaz. Um, if it was up to me... Um, I guess I would have Danny Green 
uh, Isaiah Joe and Paul Millsap. Millsap should definitely be playing minutes in the playoffs. Uh, only guy here with any sort of experience. Uh, obviously losing to LeBron every year on the Hawks, but better than these guys. Uh, I mean, excuse me, except for Danny, obviously, who has won three championships. Um, Danny sh- will will be getting playoff minutes. I could almost guarantee that. Um, I mean, he's going to get minutes regardless. I think Doc likes him and thinks he's a little better than he is. But yeah, I think I want a three-time champion getting minutes in the playoffs too. Um, although we have seen in recent playoffs, especially for the Lakers, um, hasn't been super great as of late. But, you know, he, he'll get his minutes, which I think leaves one more spot, um, maybe between Shake, Isaiah Joe, and Ferk. And if I had to pick between the three, I guess I'm picking Isaiah Joe. Uh, Sixers fans were really high on him. Hasn't done too much since he's gotten his playing time. I think he's more of a future player, um, him, B-Ball, Paul. Um, I think these are guys that in the next two, three years will be able to come up and provide some meaningful minutes. But um, I would like Shake Milton, honestly, to get these minutes over anyone if he can show that he can do absolutely anything. We've seen his skill set over the years. We've seen that he can get a bucket when we need him to a lot. Um, in that Atlanta game last year in the playoffs, he single-handedly won us a game. But uh, it's just been rough to see him do absolutely nothing. I don't know if it's the injuries. I don't know if it's no confidence. But I'd like to see Shake going. Um before we sign off real quick, um, I just wanted to remind everyone to use code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. Also, check out our pals over at mybookie.ag and use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock a deposit match bonus. Um, thank you guys so much for listening as always. Um, a little bit of a rough patch for the Sixers here, but still getting uh, still getting some wins, still keeping themselves in the mix for that 1-2 seed, so... I think they can wrap this season up on a high note. Uh, Got some easy games at the way end of the season. So if they can get some tough wins in this next stretch, it'll be fun to watch. So uh, keep trusting that process.